Hello, dear friends. This is Moonlit Team and Moonlay's podcast. To this space, we invite spiritual masters and practitioners we've met along our journey. This magical people follow the destiny and share stories and tools to help others get closer to the inner light. You can get the support you need, get new knowledge and inspiration through articles and meditations on Moonlight app. Ali Habash is the founder of an international community called Whispering Tribe, a board member of Young President Organization that unites chief executives all over the world. He is also an independent consultant on conscious corporate management. Ali practices physical activity and follows the latest medical research in the field of fighting aging and improving the body. As a spiritual seeker of ancient wisdom, he looks for the ways how to apply this knowledge in our modern life. We talked about the concept of consciousness and spirituality in corporate culture, heart-opening effects, and how the Whispering Tribe community was created. Hi, Ali. I'm so happy to have you here. And every time we meet, I feel like the space is charged with high frequency. You are a great friend of mine and Olga. You have a very unique energy. Your heart, your mind, your views, your approach to life. I can't wait to dive more into that. All right. I'm ready for you. I want to start with asking you, how do you understand consciousness? And what's the difference between consciousness and spirituality? Your opinion. Consciousness has become lately more understood by many people. And really, it's a very simple word to be conscious because in today's world where we are running so fast and things moving so quickly, people have forgot to really slow down and be present and be conscious of their surrounding. And this is an essential element of consciousness and why it's linked to spirituality, because spirituality is talking about the same thing more or less. It's just for you to be present in your present moment and to be conscious of everything you are doing around your life, whether you are eating, walking, talking, you know, this is consciousness now. And being conscious in itself, by default, you will feel the essence of your frequency and vibration as a human. And that helps you to be, go to the next step of spirituality that is linking you to God, the higher creation, universe. Many people have different names for it. But really, it's, I think, a step even before spirituality because you cannot be spiritual if you're not conscious. So it's something that has to be there. And you can be conscious and not spiritual as well. You can be very much into nature and connected with nature, with things around you. And conscious is to be really sensitive. And the whole point of consciousness, when you are sensitive, that means you have compassion and your heart opens up to your surrounding. And in today's world, with the fast pace of life, the internet, toxicity from news, social media, all these put layers and layers and layers, I think, over, over our compassion and blind us from the truth and therefore lead you away from being conscious and therefore being spiritual. So I think it's two different things completely, being conscious and spiritual. And you can take this conscious as a step one. And usually when you are conscious, by default, you become spiritual because the two are also not separated, but yet not linked. This is my humble opinion on this. You've mentioned compassion. And I know you as a very compassionate person and very sensitive person. 
this beautifully compliments to your strong masculine energy. Have you always been like this? Or was it unfolding layer by layer? I've lived all my life in the corporate world, so I didn't come from the spiritual world as we speak today. So for the last 30 years of my life, I was the CEO of large business conglomerate listed in the stock market. Uh, and my last job was working for a large multinational running the Middle East, Asia, Africa. So I was really hardcore corporate. You can't be more even more corporate than I was managing companies in billions in turnover with thousands of employees. So I come from that environment. So this is where I grew up. This is but also that at the same time, I was all the time pursuing what is, what is, you know, the purpose of life. This is, I think, the essence of any spiritual journey. Why we are here, you know, this is a basic question. And to do that, then you, I went into different journeys from experiencing Sufi teaching, uh, Taoist teaching, uh, shamanic teaching. And at the end of the day, it really lead to the same conclusion that there is higher creation and it helps you to understand yourself more. And the deeper you go inside yourself, the more you will understand the world around you. So the answer is all, always is within, really, not outside as most people seek. So coming from the corporate world, that helped me a lot to be a conscious leader because when I'm managing huge companies with a lot of employees, and I've learned that actually even before I understood it, when you are managing from a space of love, you know, you can be super successful in business because you are not managing people out of fear. So from day one, even being in a very hardcore corporate, like I greet my employees in the morning, I love you. Now for them, it's a shock, you know, like for them, it's like why he's saying, like it's such an intimate word. So they're not used to it. They used to say good morning and that's it. But when you shock them with certain loving words and hugs, and slowly they get used to it themselves. So because I was there for many years, so it's not like a change happened immediately. But when their leader is doing that, then by default, they follow. They follow the frequency of their leader. Now, this is very interesting because the leader has to be at a certain frequency. And by default, the frequency of his management and the employees follow suit, by the way. And if, if the leader frequency is down, he, bring, he crashes everyone's frequency down. I remember, for example, like with this kind of mentality and thought, for example, you know, we brainstorm, like, what can we do more to society? And I was working for a large food company. And we've noticed that really, like in, in, uh, in the location we were, the school meals were really so bad for children, like very high in sugar, very full of fried food and, and, and stuff. And we've noticed that really students are not scoring well because of the food because food is basically not allowing them to come to their highest potential, meaning higher frequency. And we brainstormed and we convinced the government to really give us three schools for pilots where we change their food system. Uh, and after two years of pilot project, these two schools who comes from a very poor neighborhood, the students start to score the best in the whole community. That's an example of consciousness where leaders are conscious about their surrounding, their environment, and they are really contributing to the people around them. This is just an example of really leading from a space of love, even in the corporate. I remember you told me that sometimes you choose employees just by sensing their energy and not really looking through their CVs and that you never make mistakes. So you have this super essential power i have this energy transmitting through the waves <laughs> sometimes actually it's too strong so it scares people off so i hope you are okay <laughs> what practices help you to maintain these high frequencies a golden rule is called body mind and soul body, mind, and soul. To be able to have the perfect alignment for a balanced life is you have to remember your body, your mind, and your soul. If you take care of your body only and you ignore your mind and soul, 
you will not get anywhere. You will still, even though you look great and your body looks great, but if your mind and soul is not aligned, you will feel the unbalance. And also it's the same if you are really all the time doing meditation and spiritual work, but you are overeating or eating unhealthy or eating late. That means you're not taking care of your body, you're not doing sports, also it doesn't work. So for me, the three combinations are really important. So I always have like morning routines and evening routine that really include all the three. Maybe if I go through it quickly, like as soon as you wake up in the morning, you know, we're doing in Taoism, the, like the shaking where you are shaking all this energy stagnant from the night before and you massage your head and you start tapping on your body and you start the circulation moving. And then I do the oil pulling in your mouth, the Indian way from, from the Ayurvedic teaching, either you put coconut oil or sesame oil. So all the toxin is going out. So you go through the process of eliminating the toxin, moving energies. When you wake up the Indian knee pot to clean the nose in the morning, every day, it helps to clean all the viruses as well. So like now with God blessing, I've never got a flu for the last 20 years. Yeah, and because there is a system of virus elimination every day. So regardless where I am, it's not like I don't get the virus. I'm sure I do get it. But because I do this routines every morning, so basically I managed to eliminate that from the system. And then I do breath work immediately. I do my breath. I woke up usually at five. I do breath work. Then I do my prayers, which is a form of meditation, but it is Islamic prayers. Then I go for swimming walking on the beach for everything. So basically you get rid of all the negative energy and then you go into the salt water. Then I swim, I come back and then I do usually once a week, the ice bath, which is really important. So I do the ice bath five minutes in the eyes and seven minutes. Then you put your feet and your hands and then you go into the infrared sauna. So this is a simple routine. I can go much more complicated, but and sometimes I combine in the morning Qigong if I'm traveling, if there is no, because I only swim in the sea. I don't swim in swimming pools because the energy of the water in swimming pool is stagnant. So actually sometimes it drains your energy to be in a swimming pool, especially when it's commercial swimming pool with a lot of people. It's not moving energy. The sea, the river, the lakes are all different energies. Yeah. So I come, I, either I shift swimming with Qigong or with yoga or only breath work, but breath work is super important because breath work immediately removes any anxiety. And there's so many different forms and modalities of breath work. Whatever works for you, good for you. You know, so there is nothing I think better or worse because some breath work modality work for some people, some people don't like it and that's okay. You can't say anything that is better than the other. It's really like food. Some people like certain food. Some people like certain breath modalities and so on. So there's so much, so much to choice uh, in terms of doing things. I think when you start your morning like that, and, and if you're doing interim fasting, you know, uh, and you eat slowly, and you feel the vibration of your body. And together, you see, with, with physical act movements, let's say in the morning, you should not do rough sport. If you want to push your body, push it in the afternoon. Because energetically speaking, in the morning, your body is waking up. So treat your body gently, you know, with movement, with breath work, just like that. But don't do heavy lift weight lifting, for example, or running. Don't push it, you know. Love your body. Like, treat your body like a gentle flower in the morning. Yeah, so basically this is one of the routines in the morning that if it is done in combination with prayer, meditation, immediately your frequency is so elevated. So wherever you go office, family, you don't need to speak. People feel the vibration. And this is why some people sometimes they feel so good to be next to you because your vibration is high. Some people feel so drained when they are next to you because your vibration is low. So this is a game of frequency and vibration. When you understand how that works, you can apply it to anything in your life from even cooking your food with high frequency. You know, just be gratitude, send love to the food. Immediately the frequency of the food changes. It's simple tricks really, but very few people are conscious. You see, this is the word conscious where it comes. It's to be conscious of all of that. Because when you are conscious, literally speaking, even when you breathe, you are conscious of breath work. This is a form of prayer. You know, just to be conscious, it's become everything you do in your life 
is kind of prayer and, and connection with the divine. What about your evening routine? Evening routine. You have to imagine like you are on a plane and now you are landing. So you have to prepare for that landing. And to prepare for that landing is one. All the time, eat your dinner three hours before you sleep. This is a must, you know, so this is like, and if you remember, Elena, we learned that in Tau Garden where they really close the kitchen by seven. So, you know, you have to eat early. And that's so super important because even if you eat healthy, you need time to digest the food. And to be able to digest your food, you need minimum of three hours. Number two, really golden rule is to avoid screens. And I know today how people are so addicted to telephones and so on, but really two hours before bedtime, if that can be totally stopped. And there is also glasses with red lenses that really put you into, removes all the effects of LED and white lights coming to you. So if you wear them one hour, one hour and a half before bedtime, they are the best sleeping pills. Like you wear them after one hour, you are so sleepy. So actually there is so many solutions because today people, I know so many people addicted to sleeping pills, supplements to help them sleep. The best thing you can do is take magnesium one hour before you go to bed because magnesium relaxes your muscle and is super important. So you have the magnesium one hour before you go to bed and then you do this, you wear these glasses and half an hour before bed, there is certain Qigong moves, which really lands your energy down, cleanse bad energy from the day, phones, maybe connection with people. And there is like five minutes breath work, very simple and very slow breath work just to, for you to, to like calm down. And it's super important to sleep early. And for me, early is really like latest by 10 so that your body, because according to Chinese medical system, basically the cleansing, I think happens from 9 PM on the hour, every hour, certain parts of your body cleanse. And this why is so nice, but by five o'clock in the morning, you had seven to eight hours sleep. That's more than enough. And then you are really up at five and you have the day full day in front of you. Right, right. You know, this is why I can afford to do all this morning ritual because my morning ritual take two to three hours sometimes, but I wake up five. So when you wake up five, you five. have time to complete them. How difficult is it to manage your socializing time? The life of parties and staying up late. So I've, I've done that and I've done this. Now for me to compare the real pleasure and joy of what is before and today. And before I've really parted uh, and people who knows me, like I'm very famous for, you know, really nice parties yeah, where we stay until sunrise. And sometimes we continue for two, three days without sleep. Literally, you are killing yourself with that by creating an illusionary pleasures with the drinking and alcohol and drugs and dancing. And... But really, what is the take home value to your spirit? to your body and your soul from that, from that life. And I really feel this kind of life, which I have led and I admit it before, is a distraction away from the source. We do all this to distract, to, to go away somehow, like, you know, there is something in us, you know, or maybe there is, you know, this kind of life will give us pleasure and happiness, but this is really distraction and turning away from the light and enlightenment. And therefore you have to choose in life. Do you want to have that life or you want to have a life of peace, harmony, alignment? And to do that, you have to stick to certain rules. You can't really combine both, you know, because we all know when you drink, you are masking pain. So alcohol doesn't really resolve issues, you know, and the only time you resolve issues is when you face your fears, you face your certain, why you are anxious about anxiety on certain issues, unless you face it with your own vibration without using substances, you could never resolve it. And so, yeah, I think people have to choose what life do they want to lead. A life that really speaks about their spirit, their own vibration, their own self, or a life that is really more of an illusion of joy and happiness. And usually the second day you wake up with hangover and you say, oh my God, what did I do it? But then you do it again because you think there is more to it. You see? 
So this is basically the lesson I learned myself. And I'm here really not saying what is right or wrong. I'm just sharing experiences of my own experience. Because some people may say, well, we may find God in this part. Maybe they do. I don't know, but I haven't. It seems your personality stands out in the corporate culture. How does it feel to be so different and so unique? Yeah, that's a very interesting question, Irina. Thank you for asking that because that actually will explain a lot of things. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I'll give you an example. I come from the corporate world, yeah, and all my colleagues in the corporate world sees me like, you know, the weird guy, you know, like what this guy is doing, you know. But yet, the companies I was managing was doing really well because numbers speaks for itself, you know, and therefore that weird guy is very successful, like, you know, growth and doing good business and so on. That means there is maybe something to what he's doing. So this is where people start paying more attention to what I do. And also I'm part of an organization that called the YPO. Now the YPO is a very interesting organization because it's an American-based organization with chapters all over the world. So you see them in Europe, in, in Russia, in Asia, everywhere in the Middle East. And 30,000 members worldwide of YPO, their collective wealth is the third largest economy after US and China. So it's a very powerful organization and their members really matters. So within that culture, I introduced to these people the conscious and spiritual world. And for initially they found it super weird, like, what is this guy doing? I mean, what is breath work? You know, because these people are used to really, you know, drinking heavily. Why drinking heavily? Because this is the only tool they have to connect at a, at a human level. Imagine only drinking and they don't know by drinking a lot, they are really crashing their frequency and they are talking to each other at a very low frequency level, full of masks. So never a true relationships really happens. This is why they say always, you know, if a man meets a woman or a woman meets a man, they should always go on a date when they're not drinking because when their frequency, when they drink and their frequency, this is not really true, you know, not through her or through him. Right. And so basically, initially it was like for me to go to this world and introduce different teaching and so on. It was really hard because people, one, would make fun of me. They would think I'm crazy and they will not take me seriously, you know, and that was okay. Yet I continued and I really introduced to the YPO world, different retreat. And now they're calling me, like they call me from Asia, from North America. Ali, we need to do your retreat because everybody talking about the profound effect it's happening to them and they don't know what's happening. So what is the secret formula to that? Simply because we serve it from the love. You know, there is, we're not doing anything secret here. It's just the way we serve the retreats, the way we do them really comes from a love-based initiation that people really falls for it. Yeah, so basically people initially would think it's weird and so on. And especially when, when I stopped drinking alcohol completely, like you go to a party and you don't drink, initially you feel you are left out, but eventually people really respect you. Because regardless now whether alcohol brings your frequency down and it's not good for spiritual practices, from only, you know, scientific point, it's, it's poison to your body. And therefore, it is not really healthy. And, and people eventually get to respect you even more, you know, when you are different. But eventually, like everywhere else, they will think you are weird, you know, crazy and so on. But it's okay. That gives you a very special identity. Like a brand. <laughs> You have an international community, Whispering Tribe. How did you decide to set it and dedicate most of your time to it? What's the story behind the Whispering Tribe? The story of behind the Whispering Tribe, yeah. For many years, I'm a seeker of knowledge. I'm very curious, you know, like this is my personality. And this is actually what led, like, I'm, all I'm, I'm curious why we are alive, what's behind our life, what is behind this. So the curiosity led me to investigate a lot of teaching modalities, healing modalities, and so on. 
I used to do retreats with me and my friends every three months. We used to go to a certain place in, mount, in the mountains and six or seven of us. And we used to bring a resource, a person of knowledge from ancient knowledge where we sit and we discuss and, you know, we spend three, four days. So we've been doing that for a few years. And then once upon a time, long, long time ago, I was doing an ayahuasca ceremony. And actually, I had this vision of creating something beyond this, this private meeting. And really, like, the vision is to whisper. It was so clear, like, you have to whisper to the world, you know, all this teaching. And, and the word whisper has, has very few significance because it's not screaming or talking. It's whispering because usually humans listen to the whisper more than they listen to a normal talk because it's whisper. So people get their attention. And that's very interesting. This is why we are the whispering tribe, because by us whispering to humankind, hopefully they would really listen profoundly in their heart and change. And so after that vision, immediately I said, okay, we'll create the whispering tribe. And I created the whispering tribe at the time of like a hobby. So it was never meant to make money. It was really as a service to humanity. And for me, as, as a service to the knowledge I received to share back, you know, because this is all basically what I was doing in Whispering Tribe. I, all the time I'm bringing teachers, healers, resources that I have learned from them. And I want this teaching to come to other people as well. And so in 2019, we launched the first Whispering Tribe retreat. And I was very happy that you are one of the first people to come also, Irina. And in two, from 2019 until today, the Whispering Tribe community is growing. And what makes us so special is becoming so structured. So our retreats are really targeting the leaders of this world. So everyone comes to our retreat, our big CEOs or politicians, royalties. So we really positioned ourselves to that segment. And you ask me why? Why don't you make it no simpler, make it like open to everyone, make it cheaper? I would tell you, well, today, the 5% of the populations are really deciding for the 95%, whether it's politics, financials, food, and so on. So let me make a shortcut and go to the 5% and try to really change their consciousness and make their heart open. <laughs> Because if that happens, then the 95% will be happy. And this is really my mission is really our retreats are very super boutique and super exclusive and super expensive. I'm not denying that, but really because we are providing a very unique experience. Until today, it's non-profit our retreats and people are surprised and why you are so expensive because we are creating a very unique experiences. For example, when we were in Cappadocia last year, you know, we got everybody in the balloon sunrise and we did ecstatic dance on the sunrise. We put the gen electricity generator on one of the balloons and the radio frequency headphones. And so we create experiences that, wow, it really opened people's hearts. So by creating experiences together with teachings, together with workshops, together with knowledge, you are really reprogramming the mind of a leader in five days, truly. Imagine when you are removing the conditioning and the programming of a lifetime from the school, from the parents, from the system, from the financial system. And in five days only, you are reprogramming a human. And usually our success rate is not maybe 95%, I would say 98%, 99%. So we have a huge success rate, like everyone will have huge benefits. Now it, it may vary. But usually, most people really take a huge things back with them. And what makes us unique as well, we don't leave them. It's not the end, like you finish the retreat and you're gone. No, you are followed by a strong integration protocol. So we create an integration manual for them to continue analyzing, journaling their feeling. And we have a monthly call with a psychotherapist. So we have an integration therapist with us in the retreats now that really follow up either one-to-one -one if they need support or in a group or in a Zoom calls. And very soon we are creating our own app where it's really very interactive, where we can monitor. Basically, we will not leave you alone. You will be all the time chased by the whisperers to check on you, how are you doing? Because we really need 
an outcome from this retreat. We are not here to entertain people. We have music, we have a lot of fun activities, but our purpose is not entertainment. Our purpose is really for a profounding change, lasting change. And hopefully that lasting change will take you back home and immediately your family feels it. And then your neighbors feels it, your neighborhood feels it, your community, your work environment, your town, your country feels it. So, and when you are a leader, that impact is a huge. What was the turning point to leave the corporate world and choose something else? It was always there is a turning point, but it wasn't really sharp enough to turn. Uh, and I really think the major turning point and true awakening happened during tribulations and difficult times. Because in, during when you have a big problem in your life and major, major setbacks and this is the time you are broken. And through that wound that you are, you go through actually light shines in. So I've, I've always heard that Rumi proverb that through the wound lights enter. I've never experienced it until lately, you see, and I really understood the meaning of that. And was all proud of it. I mean, proud, I admitted like the last two years was the toughest years of my life by all means, meaning family issues, financial issues, so many, so many things have came up. But really, I see the light in that as well. I see that this kind of tribulation usually shapes the man and woman you are. And sometimes if people see it from that angle, it becomes a blessing. Like even though you're going through really tough times in your life, but really there is, there is a wisdom in that. But, and what is important to see it and what is so sad is to go through this pain without you feeling the wisdom from that pain. You see, with every birth, every birth of a child, there is a huge pain. The mother goes through huge pain, but what comes out from that life and a new beginning. And also that really happens also at our level every day. When we have certain problem in our life, maybe wars, maybe, you know, the world is going through a lot of, a lot of pain and lots of us get affected, maybe financial loss, maybe loss of relatives in war, maybe becoming refugees. There's so much pain, but trust me in every pain, there is light. Look for that light because that light will help to transform the soul you are inside you. And that is awaiting that, you know, that means we have to be positive. You know, this is the whole purpose of this is really there is a huge, a huge blessing in pain. This is my point that I have personally experienced. How close are you now to your destination? Very good question and very tricky question. How close am I? Well, I'm really going step by step, but the Sufi says something I really love. Die before you die. What does it mean? Because when you die, actually die, this is the real awakening. And then it's too late because you are dead. So as a Sufi says, get that awakening and enlightenment before you actually die. And this is why I'm seeking death before death. And I really, I truly through pain, I, I got that the awakening, you know, and it's so clear. So sometimes, as I said before, pain and tribulation happens in your life. Use it. It's an asset to a real awakening and really achieving death. You are not dead. It's a real awakening because now you could be ready for the next phase in your transition when you die. And the whole purpose is for you to understand your destination before you die. Because if you die and you don't understand your destination, then you'll be lost after you die. Like, where am I going now? So you have to prepare a GPS to maneuver in the afterlife, in simple words. Right. So you get your GPS system set and it looks like you know where you're going to. Actually, my GPS was really messed up, but lately I got the right GPS and I'm so much like, I really know where I'm going. <laughs> Unless sometimes if the signal is not well, then you get lost. So make sure the signal is really all the time as well. And what is the signal here is a pineal gland. 
So in every human, as you know, there is a pineal gland. And the pineal gland, like you see it in the Mayan pyramid, the Egyptian pyramid, so through ancient times, even all the ancient civilization, we're talking about the pineal gland, how to activate your pineal gland. Why the pineal gland is so important? Because they call it is your antenna with the divine, your antenna with God. This is why so many of breathwork modalities work to really activate your pineal gland and to make sure it's all the time active because the pineal gland is your antenna. So this antenna, sometimes if it's disturbed, your GPS gets disturbed as well. Because how can you download information, your panel gland, if, if it's not clear, then your GPS will be messed up. So, so important to remain that constant transmission from the divine working. Tell us more about the direction where it's all going. Actually, now the direction is becoming clearer every day. Yesterday, me and the Whispering Tribe team, we did a family constellation. I don't know if you heard of this therapy. So we've done it for individuals and we've done it for the business. And that gave us a lot of insight on how to go forward. So we also, as a team, we know we need to be super aligned and super tuned to our own frequency to be able to serve. And what I've learned as well, despite the stress that we go through, we really need to serve from a very relaxed and a love prospectives to be able to serve well. And this is why we need to do this workshop together, which we finished it yesterday. And it was coinciding 22nd, 11-22. This is our first workshop. So it was a very powerful date. And the second workshop in the Business Constellation was a new moon yesterday. So it was by coincidence, by the way, we didn't plan it. Suddenly the facilitator, they said, you know, we're doing the family constellation on a very special date. Uh, I said, wow, okay, we didn't plan it, so, but that was nice. And so now we're, we're really looking to, to serve more the corporate world and to go now. You see, remember all these big retreats we do, like we go to exotic places. We were in Cappadocia, we went to Siwa in Egypt. Uh, it was magical. So really, if you see the retreats we do, is basically attracting very powerful audience. And this powerful audience later on, like today, I got a call from somebody who came to Siwa asking us to do his management, you know, for one year to do retreat just for his management. You see, this is exactly another example. Like he was so impressed. Now he wants his managers to feel the same. So now I could see the effect is going down to the inside the companies, you know, and this is where we want to really focus is how to really get into the corporate and now change the system of the corporate from the inside. And that to enter the corporate, you have to get into their bosses. And this is why we invite the big leaders to our retreat, because suddenly they say, wow, if this worked for me, it would work for miracle for my management team, you know? And so imagine when the management team comes, wow, if this worked great, it will work for my managers, and then it will work for their families, and so on. So it's really very serious work and very impactful work. And I could see as well now there is as a whispering trap. We are thinking also like, you know, behind the normal, like I'm saying, okay, how about weddings? Why don't we do conscious weddings? You know, why, why is this is people go to wedding and get drunk and then hung over and nobody is happy and everybody looking at each other. How about if we make pre-wedding where we open the heart, where we really prepare, you know, the newlyweds to a new life with their people. Imagine when you do that. Imagine what kind of life is awaiting these couples instead of having these lavish parties where people are spending millions of dollars on, on, and then everybody is complaining at the end of the day. So regardless how much you go on your wedding, you never satisfy people. So we're thinking also to go really heavy on online and technology as well, going into the app system, go more on the integration side and make sure there is, you see what we want to create is not really retreat. I want to create a lifestyle that where we are going with you continuously. So it's not just five days you come and go. This is, if you want that, there's so many people offering that. Whispering tribe here, if you want to embrace a new life and you need a community to support you, we are there. And this is basically what we want to do is that to make sure that it goes far beyond the retreats where we're really doing integration program, online courses, one-to-one support, and so on. 
integration from all aspects, from even relationship, you know, with your boyfriend, your husband, your children, your mother, your father. This is integration. Is how are you dealing with all of that from the time you wake up to the time you sleep? How are you eating? Everything in your life. How are you treating your dog? How are you treating your cat? So it, it's really a full lifestyle. It's not something you, you can't pick one thing and say, I'm doing meditation for one hour and then you're not talking to your mother for two months, for example. It's a full package of conscious shiftness. You know, when you shift your consciousness, it has to be everything you do in your life. You can't say, I will do my daily morning practice and then you sleep 2 a.m. in the morning. Then you cannot do your morning practice well, you know? Right. I know. Let's plant the seed of intention with this new moon energies and let it bloom. Ali, if our listeners would like to have a taste of the Whispering Tribe or get more information about it, what is the best way to reach you out? Now we, uh, I mean, easy way is our Instagram page, which is at Whispering Tribe. Uh, basically, you go there and you follow our page where we, we all the time uh, putting, you know, when, when we launch retreat, it will be launched there. Announcement. Also, our website, whisperingtribe.com, where we have information on previous retreats and what is to come as well. So I think this is a two medium where easy people, uh, and there is also a thing on, on the website, you can subscribe to uh, the Whispering Tribe email or newsletter. So there is three ways uh, where we keep you in our database and we can all the time send you information on the events to come. Sounds great. Do you have any examples how participants' life changed after the retreat? Oh, I have so many examples, Irina, so many examples, and I have so many testimonials, but I will share with you maybe one or two that really affected me, honestly speaking. And one of them is one lady from uh, Belgium, and her family is one of the largest, richest families in Belgium, and they have a huge investment fund. And she came to one of our retreats, and I never knew who she was, like... She was part of the YPO, Young President Organization, uh, which is one of the largest business clubs in the world, which I am also a member of that organization. And she attended one of our retreats just before COVID. She sent me this email telling me that how this retreat had changed her life completely. And because of that retreat, only five days retreat, she came back and she persuaded her family to change the way they do investment. So they've started investing in, in sustainable agriculture to save the environment. They started to invest also in startups for young people to support them. They changed completely. They were based before only investing in big companies and like oil companies, you know. And they today they want to get, they will still be making money, but maybe not as much. But they are very satisfied because they feel as a family, this will make a huge value to the world. So that for me, wow, this is exactly the outcome I want, you know. And this, for example, at a business level, only last month in September, also in a YPO retreat, I have these two couples who are literally there. I could see from day one the tension between them. I never knew them before. And later on, I got to know them like the second day. And basically, maybe the man came to me and said, listen, we may leave today because it's not working between me and my wife and we're having fight and we want to go get divorced. I said, just do me a favor, just stay until the last day of the retreat. Yeah, just stay, it's only second day, we have, you know, four more days to go. You never know, miracles could happen. And miracles happen. And that was amazing because I spoke to his wife as well. I said, just, just go with the flow. Just for four days, let her go your personal differences and really focus on the program. Focus on the sound healing. Focus on the breath work. Do breath work together. We had also Tantra courses, you know, where, you know, they were so close and, and crying and, and they released so much. By the end of the retreat, they were like a young lovers. So imagine getting divorced on second day, on the third day, young lovers. And that was in September. So I saw them last week. And last week I said, how is it going? Wow, still going great. I said, wow, this is amazing. And this is where... It's, it's really, even at a personal level, works. And, and so many examples, Irina, really. I know even people are planning to commit suicide. They change their minds. And 
and and and a lot of beautiful stories and these stories really keeps us going because doing this retreat is super hard by the way so it's not something easy myself my team works like crazy to create incredible experiences but this doesn't come easy really and sometimes we question why we do it because you know it's sometimes it's really must sometimes doesn't make money and when it makes money just covering costs you know so and we're not doing it for really money but to be financially sustainable you know uh, but then when you hear these stories and you feel you are really making a difference to the world to the people around you and then you say well it's worthwhile because really while we are on this life we are here really for a short while how long you will live 80 years 90 is nothing and when you are 90 you reflect back and you feel wow it was like 5 minutes so while you are on this life what imprints are you leaving you should leave imprints for the generations to come are you just eating and working and commuting to work and dying what imprint did you leave behind if you are not leaving imprint you really should question your life even at small level i'm not saying create retreats go in the morning smile in the face of the people in the road this is an imprint you know spread love this is imprint everyone can do at their own way even a taxi driver can leave an imprint how being nice to customers greeting them even if they have a shitty day if a taxi driver decide today i'm going to make every passenger happy this is an imprint the farmer when he carries the vegetables he says oh my vegetables go and feed the world with love this is an imprint so there is many ways to do that in islamic sufi way we say even a smile to a stranger is a charity and so if you carry that in your heart all the time you're giving charities all the time like you are Irene all the time you're smiling all the time giving charity oh <laughs> ali you told me during the retreats heart opening happens why is it important to open the heart everyone talks about that you see the taoist says think with your heart and feel with your mind semantic chi used to say that all the time you know think with your heart not think with your mind and therefore if you open your heart and your heart starts thinking and your decision made out of heart they are usually a very wise decision and this is what the world needs they need decisions that are made from the heart not from the mind you know and this is where compassion is so important because if you are making any decision whether it's business family or political decision that is coming from the heart i don't think you will see the environment being destroyed you will not see wars you will not see financial catastrophes when you are really taking decision from from the mind only this is where the ego plays you know and selfishness come because it's not from heart base is from mind base mind is where the ego has a huge dominance you know and the ego has very actually no dominance in the heart and this is why it's so important to polish your heart at all times the more you polish your heart the more you diminish your ego so that's how you deal with your ego well it's a continuous work by the way it's not something you do it once in your life because it comes and goes and you have to be really conscious as we say is the decision you are making is ego based or heart based you know so this is where people has to be conscious even like people who are really so much into spiritual work and i've seen that as well sometimes they lose the way some people like full time in the in the jungles you know playing music and you know with the flowers and and waters around them and so on and yet sometimes i come across people that are full of ego in that even in that environment so you have to be conscious at all times you know of your ego and how it plays and to be humble you know humbleness is the the men i think pillar to understand your ego to be humble to your mistake to be humble to your to your sisters brothers teachers you know that really humbleness will will lead you to a clarity to be able to identify 
your ego when it shows up. And therefore, this is why regardless of how much I know, I really say all the time, I know nothing. And today in me talking to you about all of this, it, it comes from me sharing experiences. But am I right? Maybe I am, maybe I'm not, I don't know. I'm just sharing my own experiences. And that people know more than me for sure. And I'm all the time willing to learn, even from a child. And this is where you get the knowledge. When you're all the time acknowledging, you are knowing nothing. Because if you think you know, you are like a full cup of water. There is nothing to add. You know, and I'll give you an example of this teacher, student went to his Sufi teacher. He said, I want to learn from you, master. I want to learn. I've been like learning so much, but I want to learn more. And then the master told him, okay, bring a full cup, cup of tea. And the master kept pouring the tea until the tea flooded the cup and start pouring out. I said, master, what are you doing? The cup is full. He said, exactly. This is your mind. It's full. Because you think you learned everything. There is nothing I can teach you. Therefore, knowledge should be really like a cup with a hole where you're putting and it's all leaking, but it's processing. Mm. In the very end, I want to ask you, what would you say to someone who wants to open the heart? I think one, they should close their eyes, take deep breath in, Three times and out. And really put their hand over their heart and stop their thought process for a while. And for them to really remember who they really are because the process of life, we all forgot the pure essence of the self. Our last retreat in Siwa was themed remembrance. If you just remember who you really are, it's very simple. Very simple, be honest with yourself, you know, and, and just face yourself and face your regard. Just remember the beauty and the pure essence of yourself that maybe you have forgotten. And if you do remember it and come back to that essence, your heart is open. And then you can do a lot of routine and practices, but just be so honest with yourself and so open and loving, and then your heart will open like a lotus flower and it will blossom. Thank you. Mm. Thank you, Ali, for this beautiful closure. I feel like my heart is blooming after it. Thank you so much. Beautiful talking to you.